the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Grace is undeserved kindness from God. At a time when the disciples deserve a rebuke, He blesses them. And God deals with you and me on the basis of grace. His undeserved kindness. Now, does that mean we should sin so that His grace may abound? Of course not. But... Where our sins abound, Paul says his grace does much more abound. Have you ever received love from someone even when you treated them poorly? It feels unfair, right? It feels like you should be attacked, not love. This is exactly how God loves you. His grace is unimaginable. When you sin, God already forgives you. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to remind you of the power that God's grace holds. You can feel free from the bondage of sin because of a gracious and heavenly Father. Don't take advantage of it, but rejoice in the gift of God's grace. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 28 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. angel told the women to go quickly, tell the other disciples that Jesus is risen from the dead. Verse 8, so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. They've got mixed emotions here. And they ran to bring his disciples word. They, They went quickly to tell the others. You know, they didn't stroll back to the disciples to tell them. They didn't stop off for a cup of coffee and a bagel. It is early in the morning on Sunday. They ran to bring his disciples' word about the resurrection. They had an urgency, you could say. They, they had an eagerness to tell the others about the resurrection. And so they ran. And let me ask you a question. Are you quick to obey the Lord? Are you quick to obey the Lord? Do you, do you run to do his will? Do you have an eagerness? Do you have a, an urgency? Or do you kind of slowly stroll to obey the Lord? Do you make stops along the way and get off track easily? These women ran to tell the others the good news. Verse 9 says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! And so they came and they held him by the feet and they worshipped him. Please note, as they obeyed, Jesus met them. As they obeyed, Jesus met them. Jesus meets us as we are walking in obedience to him. He meets us on the way to do his will. He meets us on the way to tell others about him. And when Jesus met them, he said, rejoice. Now, this word rejoice, 
the, the Greek word that's actually translated rejoice, it's a very casual, informal greeting. Jesus essentially says, hey, how's it going? What's up? You know, kind of thing. He greets them as if nothing's happened. As, as, as if he hasn't been dead and buried for the last three days. Rejoice. It's kind of striking the way he so casually greets them after his death and resurrection. In contrast, the two women fall at his feet, latch onto his feet, and they worship him. It's difficult for us to imagine the emotions they felt when they saw Jesus alive. I mean, we, we can understand why, why they responded this way, especially if you've had a loved one die. And three days later, you see them alive again. You would latch onto them as well. And please note here, if you're taking notes, please note, they held onto his feet. Jesus was physically resurrected. And he had a physical body. The women did not see an image of Jesus. The women did not see the spirit of Jesus. This was not an immaterial vision of Jesus or a hallucination of Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses at one time. 500 people saw Jesus at once. At the same time, that's more than the number of seats in this room, you know, 500 people, you know, hallucinating an image of Jesus is, is, is not possible. Jesus was physically resurrected from the dead and he had a physical body. And I, I point that out to you because you will hear some say, well, it wasn't a physical resurrection. They saw a vision of Jesus, but it wasn't physically raised from the dead. He was physically raised from the dead with a physical body. They physically touch him here. Thomas also touched the nail prints in his hands and Thomas put his hand into the wound in Jesus's side. Jesus ate food with his disciples after the resurrection. Jesus had a physical body. He was physically resurrected. And at the same time, as we read in the Gospels, at the same time, Jesus could like pass through walls. I mean, he was able to leave the tomb without moving the stone. He could disappear and reappear uh, in different places. And so his resurrected body was a physical body. But it wasn't like our physical body. It wasn't, you know, limited by time and space and physical matter like our body. Now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21 says, to those who've trusted Christ for salvation, listen to what it says. God will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. There it's telling us that we also, those of us that have trusted Christ, we will receive a resurrected, glorified body that will be conformed to his glorious body. It'll be just like his resurrected body. And isn't that good news? Especially those of you that like had to take ibuprofen to come here today to sit in the chair. And one day we're going to have a resurrected, glorified body, free from pain, free from aging, free from sin, most of all. 
And so verse 10, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Jesus said, don't be afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. I think they're afraid. And he says, note this, go and tell my brethren, my brethren. Jesus calls the disciples, my brethren, go tell my brethren, go tell my brothers. He doesn't say, go tell those cowards. Why did you abandon me in Gethsemane? I thought I could count on you. Where'd you go? He he didn't say, go tell those losers. I'm so disappointed in them. No, Jesus says, go tell my brethren. By the way, this is the first time he calls the disciples, my brethren. Go tell my brothers. He, He didn't call them my brethren at the Last Supper after they enjoyed this final meal together, had this special time together. He didn't say at the Last Supper, you know what, guys, you're my brothers. You're my brothers. He didn't call them my brethren after a long day of ministering together with them, like when they fed the 5,000 and Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish and the disciples served all the people. At the end of that day, he didn't say, you're my brethren. You're my brothers in the ministry. No, it's, it's after, please listen, it's after they forsook him, after they abandoned him, after they denied him, Jesus reassures them by calling them my brethren. When they might expect Jesus to call them something else or to call them by some other name, he reassures them in a new way by calling them my brethren, my, my brothers. Listen, that's grace. That's grace. Grace is undeserved kindness from God. At a time when the disciples deserve a rebuke, he blesses them. And God deals with you and me on the basis of grace. His undeserved kindness. Now, does that mean we should sin so that his grace may abound? Of course not. But where our sins abound, Paul says his grace does much more abound. So when we sin, when we blow it, when we fail, when we deny him in some way, his grace does much more abound towards us. Go tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And so the women went and told the other disciples about Jesus, that he's alive. But you know what happened? The disciples did not believe the testimony of the women. I told you the testimony of women wasn't considered trustworthy in that day, in that culture. In fact, Luke's gospel tells us the disciples thought the women were delirious. Maybe delirious from grief. And you can imagine the women coming back with fear and joy, it says, excited, saying that an angel came down, rolled the stone away. Then they saw Jesus Christ and he's alive. And he said, we should go to Galilee and he'll he'll meet us there. And you can imagine the disciples mansplaining to these two women. No, you probably were just at the wrong tomb. I'm sure you're just at the wrong tomb. It was probably a tomb that looked like his tomb. You were just, you're not very good with directions anyways. You just probably went to the wrong one. It was probably a guy that looked like Jesus. It wasn't Jesus you were talking to. Mark's gospel tells us that later that night, Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples 
And it says, he rebuked them for their unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he was risen. He rebuked them for not believing the testimony of the women. And the women were like, I told you. See? Now that brings us to verse 11. And this interesting detail about the soldiers who were guarding the tomb, this is only recorded in Matthew's gospel. Verse 11 says, Now while they were going, the women were going to tell the disciples, behold, some of the guard came into the city of Jerusalem and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now these are Roman guards, and the Roman guards do not go to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, their boss. They go to the priests. They need to talk to a priest about this here, what's happened. Pilate will likely not believe their story that an angel came down from heaven, an angel rolled the stone away and all that. So they go to the Jewish leaders and the Jewish leaders who were the ones, remember, that had Jesus crucified and they thought they were finished with him. The Jewish leaders now call an emergency meeting of the Sanhedrin in verse 12 when they had assembled with the elders And they consulted together. They talked this over. What are we going to do now? They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, Pontius Pilate, we will appease him and make you secure. Now, let me give you some context here. The Roman soldiers could be put to death for sleeping while on watch. And they could be put to death for failing to guard the tomb and guard the body of Jesus Christ because that's what their assignment was. And so this must have been a pretty large sum of money they paid to the soldiers to get them to agree to say that they fell asleep And while they slept, the disciples stole the body of Jesus. They're agreeing to a death sentence here. That's why they say here, they'll appease Pontius Pilate for them if it comes to him. And the soldiers now, they agree to this cover-up story. The religious leaders of Judaism, remember they bribed Judas to betray Jesus. Now they bribe the guards to spread this false story about the empty tomb and the body of Jesus. Verse 15 says, So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Now, there are, there are also writings 
from the second and third century uh, by Justin Martyr and Tertullian that state that this false story about the body of Jesus, this heresy, was still being circulated by the Jews in their time in the second and third centuries. So, okay, so to believe this story, we have to believe that all the Roman soldiers assigned to guard the tomb all fell asleep while on duty, and they all fell asleep at the same time, which is punishable by death, and the soldiers slept so deeply that they were not awakened by the disciples sneaking past them. They were not awakened by the disciples straining and exerting themselves to try to move a stone that weighs hundreds, if not thousands, of pounds and to move that away from the door. They didn't hear the stone moving or scraping against the other stones. And we have to believe that the Roman guards slept through the disciples entering into the tomb and unwrapping the burial cloths from the body of Jesus, because we read in the other Gospels, the burial cloths were still there. And they carefully were able to unwrap the body of Jesus. And then those same disciples were able to, you know, sneak back past the guards, carrying a corpse. And, oh, by now the corpse smells. But the smell didn't wake up the Roman soldiers. Most of the disciples were fishermen. They're not SEAL Team 6 pulling this off. I mean, this is just absurd. But this was the false story they invented to explain why the body of Jesus was not in the tomb and why the stone was rolled away and the tomb is empty. And this is the story the Jews spread and they continued to spread for at least a couple hundred years. Let's play police detective here. Right? Some of you are old enough to remember the TV show Columbo. Right? And Columbo, I got one more question for you. Right? It was against Roman law to tamper with a tomb or to steal a body from a tomb. It's against the law. There's actually an inscription called the Nazareth inscription. It was found in Nazareth that states that tampering with a tomb is punishable by death. So it's a death sentence. Death penalty, if you tamper with a tomb or you steal a body from a tomb under Roman law. But charges were never pressed against the disciples for stealing the body of Jesus. Why why didn't they press charges against the disciples if they knew that the disciples stole the body? Especially if they wanted to stop the spread of Christianity. Just doesn't add up. Plus, there would have been no need for these religious leaders who are the enemies of Jesus. Remember, they, they are the ones who who had him put to death, there would have been no need for the enemies of Jesus to invent a story to account for the missing body if the body had still been in the tomb. And so the response of the Jewish leaders is really an indirect acknowledgement that the body was unavailable. Why do they need an explanation for the missing body unless the body is missing from the tomb? So, so even the enemies of Jesus agree His body's not in the tomb anymore. You know, the religious leaders could have stopped the spread of Christianity by simply producing the body of Jesus and disproving the resurrection. If they produced the body of Jesus, Christianity would have been over with before it ever really started. 
But they couldn't produce the body of Jesus because he was no longer in the tomb. You know, over in Acts chapter 2, we don't have time to turn there, so I'll just tell you about it. In Acts chapter 2, on Pentecost, which is just 50 days after the resurrection. So we're talking 50 days after the resurrection. Not 2,000 years after the resurrection. A month and a half after the resurrection. In Jerusalem, Peter preached. The Holy Spirit's poured out, Acts chapter 2, on the believers. Peter preaches to the crowd of thousands that are there in Jerusalem. And what did Peter preach? Peter preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to the crowd. And in his sermon, he said of the resurrection, listen, he said, listen to what he says. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. We all know this. We all know that God raised him up from the dead. And in response, the crowd did not say, God did not raise up Jesus. He's still buried in the tomb over here. And the crowd did not say, God did not raise up Jesus. You and your buddy stole the body. Neither did the crowd laugh it off and say, resurrection? That's ridiculous. We know Jesus is not raised from the dead. Instead, it says the crowd was cut to the heart. They, they, were, they were under heavy conviction. And the crowd said to Peter and the apostles, what do we do? Peter says, you took Jesus, you crucified him, God raised him from the dead, and we're all witnesses that he's been raised from the dead. And what did the crowd say? You're right. What do we do now? It was common knowledge to everyone in Jerusalem that Jesus was not in the grave and that the tomb was empty. And so when they said, what do we do now? Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Later on in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul is in Athens, Greece, and he preaches there in Athens, Greece on a on a place called Mars Hill. And when Paul mentions the resurrection to the Athenians, the audience laughs it off. It's just, you know, to the people in Athens, the resurrection of Jesus is absurd. It's laughable. And once he said resurrection, he, he loses the crowd. The crowd's not listening anymore because that's just ridiculous and absurd to them. But not to the people in Jerusalem. Not to the people in Jerusalem where the resurrection of Jesus Christ occurred. The resurrection was not laughable to them. It was indisputable. It was undeniable. They knew the tomb was empty because the tomb's right there. They knew Jesus was risen from the dead. Because after his resurrection for 40 days, he appeared to people, 500 eyewitnesses at one time in Jerusalem. And so they all knew that God had raised him from the dead. They all knew that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he was buried. And three days later, he rose again and he was alive. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for all that you accomplished on our behalf, Lord, through your death and resurrection. We thank you for your great love for us and your desire to forgive us of our sins, your desire to reconcile us to the Father, your desire to have a relationship with us. We thank you for the assurance that the resurrection provides for us, Lord, that our sins are forgiven and that we have eternal life through faith in you. We thank you for that. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.